Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes, big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni, plus the original, plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. We're talking madness. You want to talk complete madness? Moran Chevrolet has mad deals going on right now. You can get a 2024 Silverado, only $359 a month. That's a 24-month lease, $999 down. And Silverado's perfect for hauling whatever you need, whether that's work or those spring projects that always add up. Moran has shipments arriving daily. That means they're going to have the vehicle you're looking for. Score your best deal. It's MoranExpress.com or on Gratiot, north of 15 Mile in Clinton Township. Moran Chevrolet, where you always get the best price, period. Chevrolet. Together, let's drive. What up, though, Cash and Ticket family? It's the West Coast correspondent, Martin Weiss. Third episode, week two of the NFL. If you want to get at me, of course, you can hit me on social media at Martin Weiss. That's W-E-I-S-S. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that. Without further ado, let, wait, actually, hold on one second. I have to respond to one Michael Valenti. Because here's the deal. As I'm very appreciative of the ability to come on, cast the ticket, get, get a little bit more exposure for myself and my brand and all of that, you know, help provide you guys with some winning picks, some a way to make the game mean a little bit more, have a little bit more fun. Something got misconstrued here. I said that Mike lives in a miserable place because he hates things that everybody loves, like Scott Hansen and Red Zone. Who doesn't like the Red Zone? What are we talking about? Okay, sure. My girlfriend and I were sitting there watching Sunday football on Sunday. She's like, they're switching games too fast. I can't figure out who's playing who. Understandable. She's not a football fan in the same way that we are. However... I would expect that Mike Valenti would be able to know all the players. Red zone should be relatively easy. It confirmed it with the pizza toppings list. Mushrooms and anchovies? What are we talking about? But secondly, he at Mike, at Mike admitted himself that he knows he's a jerk about his pizza toppings because he says when he invites other rational living human beings around, he orders the pepperoni joint. And then he gets what he wants, which is what you should do if you're moving in that way. Mike, the guy who came in and shitted all over your lawn is Mr. Evan, quote, I listen to a lot of audio Jenkins. And he might be hearing this right now as I say it, because he's the one that sent me this link. That's why I said you live in a place of misery. Not because I disagree with you on some type of pick. I mean, let's be honest. None of us are professional gamblers, or we wouldn't be doing this. This whole concept, cash the ticket, is for the fun guy. Trying to find what? Value. I don't have the cactus with me. Trying to find value along here. So these Tom, Dick, and Harrys who are sitting there listening to this podcast can put up $5 here, $10 here, or whatever you feel comfortable doing, I have the 100 or whatever, feel comfortable doing, putting on sides and totals. A lot of people don't even gamble who listen to this just because they find it entertaining to talk, to listen to. 
I would never besmirch a losing pick. I'm the same jerk off who gave off Jalen Milrow to potentially win the Heisman before the Texas game. All right? I thought it would have some value. You know, it has about as much value as a piece of toilet paper right now, that ticket. If you want to roll that ticket up in some tobacco, go outside and light it, that'll probably be the most value you'll get out of that ticket. I don't besmirch anybody for losing a bet or winning a bet as long as you have solid logic behind it. And that's the thing I think that I pride myself in doing and also really enjoyed cash a ticket before I joined on the team that Costa and Valenti were also doing. So the one who truly walked in the door and shit on your lawn, Michael, it's one Evan Jenkins because he told you bad information when you were reading the email. Now, to recap week one, if you took what I called the easiest bet of the week, Bryce Young to throw an interception and parlayed that with the Falcons' money line, congratulations, you won. If you took the second easiest bet of the week, betting against Derek Carr and Dennis Allen against the spread, congratulations, you won. If you bet the uh, the over, I'll say the overreaction, the summer overreaction of the year, having the Chicago Bears being favored against the Green Bay Packers. If you bet that on the on the, on the uh, spread or the money line, congratulations. You won and you won big. Now, if you took if you took the Steelers like I suggested, I got a little nervous after I recorded that, got to be honest, because you start to see all the other talking heads be on Steelers plus two and a half. I'm like, man, something's wrong here. Something is wrong here. Sure enough, something was wrong here. Brock Purdy and the Niners go in, walk through Acrisure Stadium and make it their own. And then one thing I overlooked, Seahawks. Sean McVay owns the Seahawks. That's how this thing goes. McVay owns Pete Carroll. And then Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. And then they all beat up on the Cardinals. That's how the NFC West has gone. And it's, it's something that you can see that you don't really see too often because there's been a lot of coaching stability in that division, save the Cardinals. So three and two last week, depending on how you played, it probably made a little bit, a little bit of money. But let's get in to week two of the NFL. First game that I'm going to pick here. The Chiefs, and I haven't listened, by the way. I haven't had a chance to listen to Mike and Jim yet, so I'm not sure if they're picking these games, where they're at with it, what side they're on. We may be agreeing. We may be disagreeing. I'm not sure. Full disclosure, I had to record this a day early because Evan, Mr. Shit on Your Lawn, is taking a day off in the middle of football season. Days off are for July and June. What are we? Days off are for, the, for baseball season. It's football season now, Evan. Anyway, Chris Jones done taking days off. He reported to Kansas City this week. And as a result, the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Jacksonville against with Mike. And I know Mike loves Trevor Lawrence, and a lot of people do as a sneaky dark horse MVP candidate and love the Jaguars. But just one second here. This game is at three-and-a-half. We just saw this matchup a few months ago. In the playoffs, 
Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites at home. Sure, Travis Kelsey was healthy. Chris Jones was healthy. You know who wasn't? Patrick Mahomes. Hobbling around, hurt ankle. Nine and a half point favorites. Kelsey reported back to practice today, or Wednesday, rather. So are we saying that a potentially hobbled Kelsey and the addition of Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars is worth six and a half points? Maybe it is, but I'm going to take the bait. Jacksonville's got to prove it to me. They just got to prove it to me. I'm sorry. The the Indianapolis Colts, last year, first-year head coach, or last week, rather, first-year head coach, first-year quarterback, and almost didn't cover. Anthony Richardson doesn't take that bone bruise on his knee. He's probably walking into the end zone and with a couple minutes left in the fourth quarter, and we see how that one plays out. Instead, Gardner Minshew comes in, didn't work out. But against that Colts team, that Colts team who people are not very high on, Jacksonville just went 3-12 and on third down. Had some turnovers. I think Jacksonville probably went in the South. I know a lot of people think that's a dark horse, double-digit win team. I'm going to have to see it first. They're going to have to prove it to me. I, I know that we saw... Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs throw for what what do you think? Five touchdowns, four in the game against the Chargers. I also was on the radio watching live as he did everything he possibly could to try to lose that game against the Chargers in the first half. Second half, different story. But I'm gonna have to see it. I'm gonna have to see Jacksonville to believe it. I'm gonna go here with Kansas City. Kansas City off of a loss. Like most dynasties, like most teams on the top of the league, pretty damn good. They've won eight, I'm sorry, each of their last eight home games after a loss. Covered the spread in their seven last road games following a home loss. They scored the first touchdown in each of their last six games as a favorite following a loss. I like Kelsey anytime touchdown if he plays. Jarek McKinnon, anytime touchdown if he plays. I don't think the Chiefs will have the same trouble they had moving the ball against this Jaguars defense. The Colts were able to get up and down. And uh, I don't know if you guys are watching the, the dots or all 22 or whatever, but Anthony Richardson was not asked to do a lot. In fact, he threw to the left side of the field less than five times. The Jacksonville Jaguars are any smart they would have realized by midway through the third quarter that Anthony Richardson is not throwing the ball left. Everything is to the right. Let's do something about this. Still, like I said, in the fourth quarter, drive down the field, almost could have scored, probably would have scored had he had not gotten hurt. I know the Chiefs just got a big win against the Lions. I mean, big loss against the Lions. Everybody's talking about how much Kadarius Tony cost this team and so on and so forth. Mahomes was off. Mahomes threw some bad balls. I expect him to get right. Even that one that was down the seam with, uh, it was like a 30-yard pass, and Tony dropped it. He had to turn his body. I expect Mahomes to get right, especially with Travis Kelsey there, his security blanket, so he doesn't roll out of the bed like it's 1915. Plus, this game is being played on Mahomes' birthday. Are you going to bet against Patrick Mahomes on his birthday? Because I'm not. 
Again, three and a half. It feels fishy. I hate betting three and a half. If I almost always want to take the underdog in this case, but this is one I think you have off-season hype meets, you know, just consistency with Kansas City. They lost a tough one last week on Thursday night to open the season. I don't expect it to be something that is like a one-point game, two-point game. Kansas City, I think, wins this one by a touchdown. When the offseason rolls around, teams are going to be overpaying to find the missing piece. When it comes to shaving, you don't have to. Harry's doesn't play that game. They make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the cost of the other brands. Get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for $3. Harry's.com slash cash ticket. Harry stands by the razor. It's that German-engineered blade that stays sharp longer. If you don't like your shave, it's on them. No messing around. Easy cancel anytime. Mike's been messing with me with the facial hair. I've been growing it out. You still got to clean up around the beard line and the neck hairs, and Harry's helps me keep it looking right. Does the trick. Love that the blade doesn't dull. It's not just razors. Extra strength, high-quality deodorant for 5 bucks. Body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildlands, and Stone. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash cash ticket. That's harrys.com slash cash ticket for a $3 trial set. One thing you should never have to worry about is buying tickets to your favorite event. It should be simple, right? You should just be able to go, click a button, I get what I want. Well, game time has finally brought that to you because now I don't have to buy the tickets early. Life isn't about making plans six months in advance. Maybe I want to go six hours before the game. That's what game time is for. Killer last-minute deals, all-in pricing, views from your seat, which is great because I'm a stickler and I don't feel like looking at a numbers chart. That's what game time brings to you. And again, last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find, easy to buy, all in pricing. It's game time. Whether your favorite sporting event, a show, a concert, they got you covered. Live your life, your terms. You decide late in the game you want to get to the game. That's what game time is for. Game time has deals right up until the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. I mean, they got you covered no matter how late in the game you are to go to your favorite event. It's game time. You get the game time guarantee as well to guarantee you the best possible price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CASH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CASH. That's C-A-S-H for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
got your happy price, price line. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's move on to the AFC North. Picking both games in the AFC North. Two divisional matchups this week in the AFC North. I'm picking both of them. But first, the first one we're going to. It's the Bengals and the Ravens. Bengals three-point favorites on the road. Now, you look at trends, the trends say John Harbaugh is 18-8-1 against the spread as divisional underdog. Home division dogs. Home division dogs are normally a must play. But this home division dog feels like it's not necessarily built in the same way as the other ones. Got the win last week against Houston in a game that they won, covered the 10. Nine and a half, depending on where you shop. But I was not impressed with Baltimore at all offensively. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. That's terrible. Crushing. You feel for the kid. You wonder what his career will be going forward at this point. Outside of that, and I'm not a big advanced stat guy, but it backed up, this advanced stat backed up what I was actually watching on the field. The Ravens only had a 35% success rate on early downs. That means on third down, they were off the charts. But on first and second down, struggling. Lamar Jackson, this offense is supposed to be wide open and high flying. Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews didn't play. But even still, Rashad Bateman back from injury last year. Lamar's average depth of target was 5.0 yards. You'd expect something closer to 9, 10, 15 in that range if you're really looking at an explosive offense. Zay Flowers was very impressive. It's week one. So take it all with a grain of salt, both Zay Flowers being very impressive, coming in off his rookie campaign, coming in during his rookie campaign from Boston College, and also take with a grain of salt Odell Beckham Jr. Because Derek Stingley had that boy in Alcatraz. He was not open. And a previous, I mean, I know he had the two catches, but even look at the second catch he made for the first down. It's a great throw by Lamar, who's got all the arm talent in the world. He's been had a rocket attached to his right arm. We've known that since Louisville. He's been able to move out of the pocket. We've known that since Louisville. He was successful there, running the ball, getting away from pressure, evading pressure, especially evading Will Anderson, who I guess, you know, go figure, when you put one of the best edge rushers in college and have him primarily rush on the edge, he's pretty good. You don't have to drop him back in coverage, Nick Saban. Why is J.K. Dobbins getting hurt being so important? Because Dobbins 
Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, right? Ravens have always had a stable of running backs back there. Combined for 24 carries and 63 yards. The offensive line gave up six pressures to aforementioned Will Anderson. Ravens got outgained by Houston. And only 15% of the Ravens' rushes went for more than five yards. They were playing behind the sticks. Now, this stat, I'm not sure how much it matters, but it is interesting. Todd Munkin's offenses are 10-18-1 against the spread in September and October. Now, he just came from Georgia, and Georgia so far this year has played UT Martin and Ball State. So that shows you these are not situations in which Georgia is being threatened, really, especially when you think of the juggernaut that is Georgia. But it does say something about how it may take a second for this offense to get together. That's the offensive side. Half the secondary, Marcus Williams, done. Torn peck. See you next year. Marlon Humphrey, questionable. He's hurt. We'll see if he can go. The Ravens worked out four offensive linemen on Wednesday because Tyler Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley, surprise, surprise, with Ronnie Stanley, are both hurt. I don't know what Baltimore is doing in their training staff. Maybe they go too hard in the preseason. Maybe they need new doctors. Maybe they just need to take the pins out the voodoo dolls. I don't know. But the Ravens are continuously one of the most knocked-up teams in the NFL. This is the stat that I'm going to choose to go with, though. Joseph Lee Burrow has covered the spread 67% of the time in his 49 starts in the NFL. It was raining cats and dogs. In Cleveland, apparently just over the Cleveland Stadium. I have friends that live in Cleveland told me the weather was beautiful. I know it's hard to believe beautiful weather in Cleveland, but still we saw it and it was a disaster. The Browns defensive line with Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett was literally crossing dudes up before rushing the passer and getting home. We'll see Burrow. A lot of talk about maybe his calf is still bothering him. Well, he had seven days to get it right. After a whole preseason of getting it right. Give Joe a few more days with that. I mean, I'm kind of throwing out the offensive performances from that game. I know it's easy to say, but if somebody had walked up to me and said, Joe Burrow throwed the ball for 82 yards, I would have said, in the first quarter? In the first half? T. Higgins had zero catches. Wait, is it, is it, are they still warming up? Yeah, I think, and plus, Jamar Chase historically has torched this Ravens defense. Give me the Bengals. I don't think this team goes 0-2 to start the year. I'd be shocked to see that occur. So I'm going to go ahead, go with the Bengals. think they're, they will go 1-1. One one. When this is all said and done, Ravens will be 1-1. One and, one. and we'll get to the rest of the AFC North in just one second. I don't know what genius decided to put two Monday night football games kicking off within an hour of each other. But we're here. We're here now. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot. I'm going to go with the second one first, the Browns and the Steelers. The Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This, to me, seems like a classic up-down spot. I know all the things I just said about John Harbaugh as a road divisional dog. Well, guess what? Mike Tomlin, 
I read them all off last week, and none of them mattered. But here's the thing I am going to say. The Browns are not three touchdowns better than the Bengals, and the Steelers are not four touchdowns worse than the 49ers. Do not overreact to what you saw. What I did see, though, and I know I just shot Joe Burrow a bunch of bail for his performance in that game. And I may have done the same for Deshaun Watson had I seen something better in the previous six games he had played last season. I got to see Deshaun Watson get it in gear. He, as bad as Josh Allen played Monday night, I think Deshaun Watson had the worst interception of week one. Right, going in right at the start of the second half, about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. It's a play action. He sits in the pocket. He bails the pocket early, running to his left, turns his shoulders, squares his shoulders to the sideline, rears back, and you're thinking he's cocking it to let it fly. He hits Dax Hill right in between the numbers, former Michigan safety, right in between the numbers. And let me tell you this if Dax Hill had a little bit faster on a first step, that might have been a pick six. Would have tied the game. A 70 yard pick six at that point, mind you. Well, it would have tied the game uh 10 to 10, and we would have seen what happened from there. I think that you're probably looking at a different game in Cincinnati if they're able to get a defensive touchdown. Because they definitely got off script. Former Michigan State product, Jack Conklin out for the Browns. TJ Watt still in for the Steelers, just, just for those keeping score. And they flatly laid an egg in week one. Not to put my tinfoil hat on, but I think Kenny Pickett might have got concussed last game. Watching it live, it's like, what are we doing here? He's throwing the ball behind receivers in the red zone, throwing terrible interceptions. To that, that one to Deontay Johnson was, was egregious, where Deontay Johnson was a the target. Then the, one, the other one to Fred Warner. But again, the 49ers defense is at a different level. Just think about this. Fred Warner tips it. Talanaga Hufunga receives the tip and starts running down the sideline and pitches the ball to another defender as they're they're trying to score. Richard Sherman, who I work with, said, when you see defenses doing things like that, that's because two things. You got all types of vets on that defense who trust each other or trust themselves. And that's a defense that's having a lot of fun. That's a defense that knows what's going on. That's a defense that, as crazy as it sounds, is fine if the offense gets the ball back on that, on that, if that pitch goes awry. They're fine if the offense gets the ball back because, you know what, we're going to take it back anyway. The Steelers have won, listen, 20 straight Monday night football games at home. They've won 20 straight Monday night football games at home. In an unrelated stat, they have beaten the Browns 19 straight times at home. Classic up-down spot. What you saw last week, do not overreact too much. These teams are much closer to each other than the final scores of the games that they played in week one would indicate. I'm taking the Steelers plus the two and a half. And I feel great about it. I just hope Patrick Peterson doesn't fall down in the end zone again. And if he does, come on down, Pat. Sit next to me. We'll fire up these microphones and we'll talk about football because both of our careers are done.
in terms of professional athletics. The second Monday night football game, which actually kicks off before the one I just listed, but I wanted to try to do the AFC North altogether. The Saints, three-point favorites at the Panthers. Hmm. Hmm. See, last week I told you all about Dennis Allen and Derek Carr. Here's the one that I'll bring back. In the last 20 years, 20, some of you are not even that old listening to this podcast. In the last 20 years, the least four profitable quarterbacks against the spread start with USC legend Carlson Palmer, Jay Cutler, Matt Ryan, and Christian rock singer Derek Carr, who, with updated stats, is now 17, 30, and 1 against the spread as a favorite because they damn sure didn't cover against the Titans. And if Mike Brable, instead of kicking that field goal, had tried to score a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, they might have lost it outright. Let's go back to that game, the Saints and the Titans, in which the Saints won 16 to 15. Real barn burner of a game. The Saints defense didn't allow a touchdown. A five field goal attempts. That's it. Intercepted Ryan Tannehill three times, sacked him three times, and stopped Tennessee on 10 of 12 third downs. That's impressive. Ryan Tannehill also might have been, I mean, up there with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow for worst week one performances. But let's think about what I just said. The Saints defense didn't allow a touchdown. Intercepted three times, sacked three times, stopped him on 10 of 12 third downs, and the offense scored 16 points. 16 points. Meanwhile, that Panthers defense that was good last year, Brian Burns was worried about his contract. Well, he came in in one and a half sacks. Derrick Brown is slowly walking into this one of the best defensive tackles in the game conversation, of which it's a long list. You know, you got you, you, your Aaron Donald, your Chris Jones. Derrick Brown is up there. He got him a sack too. Atlanta managed just 13 first downs the entire game. They were held to two of 10 on third down. Guess what? Sacked Desmond Ritter. Four times. The Saints gave up four sacks to Tennessee, and Carolina's got a better defense than them. Derrick Brown, Brian Burns running through offensive lines. Frank Wright, historically, going back to the Colts days, bums it in week one. I don't know what it is about Frank Wright, but some of his best teams have just sold it in week one. I like the Panthers here a lot. If for no other reason that you probably just maybe have the better coach and quarterback combination in Charlotte than you do in New Orleans. Definitely think you got a better coach. Quarterback is yet to be seen, but we know what Derek Carr is. And what he is, is not profitable against the spread. He's not a guy you really depend on all the time. I saw that NFL Films thing where he told Rashid, Rashid Shaheen to run the go. And that was, you know, 
a deep ball that he connected on third and seven to ice the game. I would have loved it if maybe J.C. Horn would have been out there to try to defend against something like that, but he's continually hurt. Going to miss this one probably with a hamstring. But give me Bryce Young here to bounce back. He's a smart quarterback. I know he's a small man. Offensive line is going to have to hold up for him. But Miles Sanders had 70-some yards rushing last week. I And I know that the Saints held Derrick Henry to 62 yards, but part of it is when you're sacking Tannehill three times, intercepting him three times, you are pounding up on the run because you know that Tan- they don't want to throw the ball. Hell, you know they don't want to throw the ball because they drafted two quarterbacks in, in, a, in a second round and the third round, respectively, back-to-back years to try to move on from Ryan Tannehill. So you know they don't want to throw the ball. You know they don't trust him. I trust Bryce Young and Frank Reich to at least cover this three on Monday night. I expect him to play much better than he did against Atlanta. All right, I got some exotics here. Trying to spice it up a little bit. Josh Allen and the Bills stunk up the joint on Monday night. And what was like the most watched football game of all time, apparently, based off all the ratings. Everybody wanted to see what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. And we saw all four plays of it. We also saw all four turnovers that Josh Allen had. Was not pretty. Was not great. The vibes officially bad in Buffalo. Especially when you see uh, Stefan Diggs being talked about by the reporters on a hot mic. Not great. Guys, when you see it says recording, shh. They play the Raiders this week. Heavy, heavy favorites. I'm tempted. I'm tempted. I almost made a whole case of why we need to bet on the Bills outright. Instead, I'm going to take them in a six and a half point teaser. Tease it down. From down to two and a half. I'm going to pair that with the 49ers. Tease them down to, you know, either minus one or half a point, whatever, basically to win the game against the Rams. Because, again, like I told you, the way this goes, pay attention. Sean McVay owns Pete Carroll. That's what I forgot last week. What I'm not forgetting this week is that Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. Give me the Niners to win it. That's a six and a half point teaser. I like that one a lot. My next exotic play, taking a parlay here. First leg is the Packers on the money line. I know it's not very juicy. I liked what I saw out of Jordan Love, though. Aaron Jones' hamstring is concerning me. It's part of the reason why I'm not betting it straight out. Because I think Aaron Jones, all due respect to Christian Watson, Hell, Jordan Love and uh, and uh, Romeo Dobbs. But I think Aaron Jones might be the best offensive player, offensive skill player on that team. If his hamstring is limited, I'm super concerned. So maybe wait a little while before placing this one. But I like them to go down to Atlanta and take care of a team that had some struggles offensively on third down, struggles getting to third down, Seemingly struggling to term, to determine who should get the ball, as we saw Bijan Robinson get out touched by Tyler Algier 
We saw Kyle Pitts have two catches, which was two more than Drake London had. And your quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who I was a little bit high on to start the season, loved him coming out of Cincinnati, was completed 15 passes for 115 yards. He was like 15 for like 18 or something like that, but still 115 yards for an NFL starter. Congratulations. You're lucky you got the win. Shout out to Jesse Bates, who was the best player for the Atlanta Falcons in week one. I'm going to parlay that. Close your eyes. Plug your nose. Don't watch any. Don't watch any of these. I, I, I followed a QB school, JTO Sullivan, former NFL quarterback. He played for the Saints. That's how I got turned on to him. I'm a New Orleans kid originally. But I followed the QB school and watched all his film breakdowns. If you watch his film breakdowns this week, you're not going to agree with this pick. But I'm taking the Bears, parlaying the Packers and the Bears on the money line. That comes in about plus 345. The Bears playing the Bucks here. If Kirk Cousins wasn't, I don't want to call him terrible. If work, if Kirk Cousins wasn't so overwhelmingly average at quarterback, there's no way the Bucs win that game. I think if Baker Mayfield doesn't somehow know the defensive signals that the Buccaneers were calling out. I'm sorry, that the Vikings were calling out. I think the Buccaneers lose that game. Saw a report on Twitter that Baker Mayfield was literally calling out the Vikings defenses in the huddle, letting everybody know what what, what they were going to be running. I don't see that happening again. Justin Fields is a dynamic runner of the football. We know that to be true. They called zero designed runs in week one against the Packers. Now, they got behind schedule. They they started to lose, and you got to throw to keep up. Justin Fields made some decent throws week one. I know their offensive concepts are all across the board. I think they'll dumb it down. Week one is who teams think they are. So you see the Giants dropping back with Daniel Jones all that time. Same with Justin Fields. They're going to have to figure out whether or not what their actual identity is, and I'll have a secret for you. It's ground and pound. I expect the Bears to be able to maintain possession of the ball in a much better way than they were in week one. I think that gives them a great shot to win outright. My third parlay, and I honestly feel like I'm getting this one at a little bit of a discount. Taking the Panthers on the money line to win outright on Monday night. I sold you all the reasons why they should cover. A lot of them are anti-New Orleans. We'll see what that goes on. But I'll tell you what, as long as I got this podcast, I very well may be betting against Dennis Allen and Derek Carr until they show me otherwise that I don't need to donate my – I'll be donating my money if I do pick them. But right now, it's been cashing. It's been cashing for a long time. So I'm taking the Panthers on the money line. And I'm pairing that with the New England Patriots. What, Martin? The Patriots played the Dolphins. Did you watch the game in SoFi last week? Absolutely did. And Tyreek Hill, for my dollar, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. All due respect to Devontae Adams. But Tyreek Hill, I think, provides the most unique coverage issues for a defense. Because he's so small, it's hard to jam. 
And if you go up there on the line of scrimmage and try to jam him and he gets by you, good night, Irene. He's gone. Bill Belichick is famous for making offensive opponents play, quote-unquote, left-handed. I know Tua is a left-handed quarterback. That's not what we're talking here. I think the Patriots will be able to slow down this Dolphins offense and frustrate Mike McDaniel in a little bit of a way because Mike McDaniel is not going to run the ball, possess the ball. That's not his DNA. That's not his MO. It's not what got him here. And I imagine once you get to the dance, you dance with a girl, you you broke. He wants to throw the ball, and he's got all the weapons in the world to do it. Now, let me say this. Mike McDaniel starts running Tyreek Hill into the backfield and Jalen Waddle into the backfield and doing these jet sweeps and those fake little touchdown passes that Mahomes would throw that are really handoffs, but he just let his let his hands go. So if it became a fumble, it's actually an incompletion, which I hated, by the way. It's like, just hand the ball off, run the read option. This is football. If he starts doing that with two of them, then I'd be surprised. And I think the Patriots would be surprised too. But if he comes out and has a similar offensive strategy to what he did against the Chargers, the Chargers and Brendan Staley are the biggest fool's gold in the NFL, where Brendan Staley is supposed to be this defensive mastermind. Just go look at how they give up consistently 400 yards a game, 24, 20, over 24 points a game, pretty regularly. Just It's not great. Bill Belichick's not doing that. And I know this may sound crazy, especially considering that Mac Jones threw an interception that turned into a pick six to Darius Slay, which ended up being the difference in the game. But I liked what I saw out of the Patriots offense, especially considering what they looked like last year with the brain trust of Joe Judge and uh, and Matt Patricia calling the plays. If you're from Detroit, you already know how half of that would have went, the Matt Patricia half. Never seen a guy with a pencil in his ear holding a laminated piece of paper more frequently than Matt Patricia. Bill O'Brien has got it together in terms of this offense. Mac Jones looked decisive. And if Keyshawn Booty would get his booty on the ground instead of running out of bounds, tap two toes, brother, you're out of LSU. This is the big leagues. You need two feet in. If he had gotten two feet in on both of those passes, which, credit to Mac, were NFL receiving level pass, like you should have been able to catch those. I think we're looking at an entirely different game, especially when you're previewing this Thursday night one. Secretly, I like the Vikings, but just probably won't get out in time. I think you're looking at an entirely different discourse when you see if you saw a Patriots team knock off the uh the silver medalist from last year in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Taking the Patriots on the money line, the Panthers on the money line, that's plus 430 right now. So there you go. There you have it. Again, Mike, it's your pizza toppings. It's not you. And nothing but love for you, pal. With that, good luck, everybody. Let's make some money. You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. 
It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's Perfect Sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com.